0: Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Nailor Taliaferro, and it's good to be back in the saddle with another IBG episode coming at you over the weekend here recording this. Um, had a great time at Equip. Hopefully, you guys checked out those episodes, uh, recap and Influencer Live and interviews that I had there and all that. It was a good time. Uh, lots of fun, exciting things to come in the future with equip as well as just for LCR media. Like I said, in some previous episodes, I'm going to really try and step it up even more with LCR media and see what else I can do and achieve to keep bringing the community together uh, and just help educate, right? That's for me, that's what it's all been all about. I, I, I truly feel like that is my purpose to educate, to bring everyone together, the community, large groups at a time and just 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 share whatever we can, you know, to make each other better so that we can be better in our personal life and our business. And we can just win together. I've, I've been so passionate about this industry because it literally saved my life back in my retail management days when I, I had nowhere else to go, nothing else to do. And I was kind of given, not kind of, I was basically given an ultimatum by my, um, my, uh, boss, <laughs> this, you want to call him whatever, you know, my, um, the general manager or whatever. And he just told me, you know, he looked at the pictures of my family and I've told this story before, but for those of you that haven't heard it, it, it never gets old. I don't think every time I tell this to someone, they're, they're just kind of like, you know, stupefied by the situation. Um, but you know, he looked at the, looked at the pictures of my family and said, you have a beautiful family. Uh, but you're going to have to choose either them or this place. And I I just, I, I didn't even, I just kind of cracked at that point. You know, I didn't say anything in response. He left and that was kind of the catalyst that pushed me over the edge. I was already trying to find a way out. I was already like, just really like losing my life. You know, just everything was just a mess in my personal life. I didn't really recognize who I was anymore. I was just really in a bad spot. Uh, mentally, emotionally, and, you know, physically for in a lot of ways too. But I had just started part-time mowing lawns like five or six yards that, that year. So when I put in my two weeks notice um, that winter around this, you know, close to this time of year um, coming up on the holidays, I put in my notice and that was it. I just went all in on, I had nothing else to, to, to turn to, but lawn care. And I had, you know, kind of toyed around with the idea many years prior to that, which is probably about 20 years ago now that I thought about starting my own lawn care business. But 20 years ago, things were totally different. It was more big landscape companies and it was kind of more frowned upon by the average homeowner to have a big landscape company take care of their stuff. So you, well, you can't mow mow, mow your own lawn and this and that, or, oh, you have a landscaping company. Oh, aren't you fancy? Like it was a totally different vibe. Now it's like, you know, and there weren't like solo guys driving around with trucks and trailers, or just lawn care specific companies, treatment companies like that was not a thing as it is now. Fast forward twenty years later, here in twenty twenty two, you know, like it, it it's a big deal. Like now, that everyone, any anyone, everyone can start start any kind of business in the green industry and be successful. Whether you're just a solo guy or girl in a truck and a trailer, uh, or just a truck, you know, with a ramp rack or something, you know, whatever it is, you can just Uh, You you can make make a good living and support your family or if you're single, you know, just kind of prepare for a family if that's the road you want to go or just provide a good living for yourself. And so and now the mentality for the average homeowner is you. Oh, you don't have, you know, a lawn care company or a landscaping company. Like, why don't you like kind of like everyone's doing it? You know, I mean, like people value their time more and more in my my children's generation and the generations coming after them appreciate their time more and they just as much as they value hard work in in different ways it's in different ways and if they can find ways to outsource things that can just be you know it, it doesn't you know some people still really appreciate, really want to get involved in their landscaping, or they really like fixing things up around their house. You know, some people are are, are more handy like that. You know, even my children's generation, like, you know, there's, there's all different folks, all different types of kids out there that are going to grow up to be more like that. But the majority of, of the, the younger generations just appreciate having more time to do things that they want to do. So if they don't enjoy fixing up things around the house that are broken, or if they, you know. Just don't enjoy cleaning, keeping their house clean, or doing stuff out in their yard. Then, if they can find a good, affordable service provider to do those things, then they will. They'll find a lawn care landscaper. They'll find a you know a housekeeper, or a cleaning service. They'll find a handyman or a plumber or electrician or whatever they need to fix up their things so that they can be spending that time with their kids or their you know their pets or sports or just being active, going to the gym, going for a run, bike riding, whatever it is. So anyway. I uh, digress. Just, you know, this kind of is relevant to this episode, ironically enough, but um, you know, so I, all, of, all of that, you know, I, I did, where, where was I back to? Yeah. So I was thinking about having my own company 20 years ago, but it just wasn't as big of a thing or even a thing at all where it is now. So, you know, eight, nine years ago when I actually took that plunge in um, after being part-time for a year, it was more acceptable then, it was a lot easier to get business and I grew very quickly and literally this industry and then I stumbled upon this community in its infancy early on that first year of full-time business really helped save my life in a lot of ways. Like I really kind of focused on healing myself mentally and emotionally, read or listened to, I should say, right? We all know the deal with audio books when we're out there mowing or doing whatever we're doing, Listen to a lot of self-help books. A lot of podcasts, even though there wasn't as much then as there is now, and just really try to rebuild myself, you know, repair myself, rehabilitate myself. There you go. That's the word that I was really looking for, so that I could be a better father, a better um, husband, a better son, and just a better person, a better man. That's really what I'm focusing on now, um, so that I can just be the best that I can be, you know, and be a steward to everybody in my life. And people that I'm probably will be meeting in the years to come as well. So anyway, with all that being said, like um, this, I I just really am passionate about this industry. industry. So anything I can do to help grow the industry and help touch other people's lives, like you've touched mine, that's my goal, that's my purpose. So I'm going to keep pushing hard with LCR Media and see what else I can do while still maintaining my lawn care business, as challenging as it is sometimes. uh, I do have some better staffing now. So hopefully we can ride that uh, as long as we can. Um, But at any rate, there's lots of more exciting things coming down the line with LCR Media. There's going to be the podcast summit again, second year uh, coming up here. Last winter, we did it at Mulch headquarters up in Maryland, not too far from me. This year, it's going to be at the Almond headquarters, Caleb and Brittany Almond's new shop and studio. We're going to have it there. It's going to be January 28th nine to five more details to come i'm gonna have a whole episode dedicated to that so those of you that are interested podcasters and those that just want to be guests on our podcast just stay tuned for that that'll be coming up in the next you know couple of weeks or so or it might might be one of the next episodes coming up after this not exactly sure where it's all going to fall in but more details to come with that but this ibg episode i recorded a while back actually and i was feeling a certain kind of way and part of it is basically some of what I just talked about, the passion and where I was at when I when I just went all into lawn care and everything else and things that I learned along the way, and my own personal struggles and things that I didn't want to compromise, could, coming from retail management where I felt like I was used and abused a lot with, um, you know all the customers and employees and managers above me and all that nonsense, becoming my own business owner, my own boss, being able to take more ownership of my life and my business and not deal with that kind of stuff, not deal with, you know, nasty customers the Karen's and the Jeff's or the Randy's or whatever, not dealing with any of that stuff, you know, any longer than I have to, as soon as I find a problem, nip it in the bud immediately so that I don't have to deal with that kind of stress anymore in my life. Um, but so I recorded a long, uh, a, a decent long, whatever, you know, episode, IBG episode about kind of um, what is the title here? Oh yeah. It was, uh, I, I don't do this just for fun. Um, you know, so basically I, I go into a lot of detail and examples of how this is my business and it's that a business. It's not, you know, I'm not doing this for fun. I mean, of course I enjoy myself, but it's not like, you know, a, a volunteer thing. <clears throat> I'm not doing it to be bossed around by a hundred different people, you know, all, uh, or, or more or even 40 people. When I first started out 30 to 40 people, the first couple of years, like I, you know, in solo, like I'm not going to have all these little bosses after I just got rid of my horrible boss that gave me an ultimatum to pick, you know, this job or my family, like what kind of awful thing is that, you know? But, um, so I kind of went into a lot of detail about how I feel about all that, but, um, I, I wanted to have this little intro to the, <laughs> to the intro of that episode, right? Because in the interim, like for, uh, for one thing, I didn't post that. I didn't upload that, that this episode for a while because I, I, I wanted to listen to it back. Cause I felt like after recorded, I kind of really went, went down some, some deeper, like more unfiltered rabbit holes compared to my normal podcast episodes. So I was like, ah, let me listen to this back before I just give it to Mr. Producer and, and, and let it ride. Like, I just want to make sure, you know, that I didn't go too far off the rails and, you know, kind of, um, Alienate some of my audience or whatever, but at any rate, I listened to it back. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going for it. it. Was it wasn't all that bad. I said some really heartfelt things, and I think they're things that are valuable to those that are just starting out, or maybe you know, so, so you can avoid these things, or maybe that you're dealing with this stuff and you're struggling, and and you know, hopefully, this will let you know, like, hey, it's okay to 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 one, unfortunately, be in this situation. But it's but it's it's imperative to get out of this these situations and take control and ownership and all that stuff. so so I wanted to make this kind of intro to set that up because it's been so long since um, I actually recorded this episode and, in the, and because it took so long in the interim, I got a voicemail that I'm gonna play right before the episode officially starts. I'm gonna end it with this uh, this recording that of a customer or a potential customer that just really seals the deal, right? it just hammers this whole episode home because like I've said in many times in previous con- past content all over the place, podcasts, YouTube, whatever. Um, it's all about uh, route density and, you know, very, I'm very specific with what services they offer, where I offer them. And, and I just don't budge. I don't, I don't bend over or anything like that. So my voicemail, you know, w- when I didn't have an, when I don't have an answering service or whatever, I just have my voicemail and I have different recordings for different times of the year and whatever. And, but, but it ultimately says what neighborhoods, you know, so of course these things have to be updated from time to time, but it it says what neighborhoods that I'm, that I service and what uh, services that I provide for those neighborhoods. So this way it hopefully filters a lot of people out that are all over you know, all over Richmond, all over town, you know, 30 minutes away at times calling me for a quote. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. It's, you know, out of my service area. So trying to filter some of that out so I don't have to call these people back just to tell them that. I leave this information in the voicemail to make it easier for them and me and streamline things and just be all clear and out in the open. But this person's reaction to my voicemail, and it's just short and sweet for, for, it's definitely short and sweet, but this reaction is why, I made this episode and just kind of but I made the episode prior but I mean it just really seals the deal it it drives my point home to not let people dictate how you run your business so with that guys let me play this real quick and then we'll we'll jump right into it. Unbelievable. He only does certain neighborhoods. Here we go. Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Nailor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, this episode is more of like a public service announcement, something that I just really need to get off my chest. Just like most of my IBG episodes, things that, you know, pop up over time or while I'm, you know, on the lawn striping uh, or some catastrophe happens or something really awesome happens. And I'm just like, this would be a good topic of discussion, or let me, let me hash this out and have some key points to talk about. Well, this is, this is just something that's kind of like eight years in the making here. You know, I've, I've been in business, my lawn care business for eight years now. And that's, that's, that's pretty much what this is. Eight years in the making and a public service announcement, uh, announcement, uh, because, and j- just like the title says, I, I I'm, I'm not, I'm not just doing this for fun as much as I love mowing lawns and beautifying people's lawns. And I, I truly do. I, I know there's a lot of folks out there that don't like the mowing as much as they like, like landscape maintenance or the uh, d- design build, you know, like landscaping or ha- hardscaping, you know, wh- whatever it is, they, <clears throat> all the different services within underneath the umbrella of the green industry. Not everyone likes mowing lawns. They like something else. Um, and, and they might just tolerate mowing lawns because it's just, it's, you know, they, they understand the cash flow and the recurring revenue of it all. It's easy to get your foot in the door to offer some of these more profitable services like fertilization, weed control, or installing a, a, a patio, or, you know, all these different, all these other things that you can add on that sometimes people are more skeptical to start off with if they don't know you or your new business or whatever. But most people are, are more, um, uh, lenient or whatever. They're, 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 they're more easygoing to allow people to just cut their grass. If you're just cutting grass, whatever. So, uh, mowing lawns is something that a lot of people tolerate, but there's a lot of other folks such as myself that actually like mowing lawns. Like I truly like mowing lawns and actually don't like building. I've never tried to build a patio, but none, nothing about building a patio, um, is, is, you know, attractive to me at all. Like it's not something that, that I, 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 would want to learn to do or do or anything. It's not appealing. That's the word, um, that I was actually looking for. So, but you know, there's something the whole thing is there's something for everyone out there. That's, that's the whole thing. That's the whole point. So as much as I love mowing lawns, I'm not doing it just for fun. Like I enjoy what I'm doing. That's why I started my business. I, I got out of retail management for Uh, it was just past 15 years and it was just sucking my soul away, ruining my life. I needed to press the hard reset button and start over lawn care was something that I was able to latch onto because I was, I was one of those homeowners that really enjoyed it at my house. You know, I enjoyed, um, just taking care of my lawn, you know, making the grass green, starting from scratch, you know, uh, not the house we have now, but a house many years ago before I started my business that we had, uh, uh, it was, there was nothing but dirt, you know, there was no sod put down or nothing. So we had to start from scratch. So I learned a lot trying to, you know, grow grass and keep the weeds out and this and any other thing. And, you know, I just developed my green thumb as a homeowner and really enjoyed it. So, I mean, this, that seemed to be the, the next best option for me to get out of retail and, and press the hard reset and do something else to try and make a living. Well, let, let me start a lawn care business and see how that goes. So eight, eight years later, it's, it's, it's going pretty good is, is all, all I could say. Right. Um, I'm, I'm still at it, but again, it's not for fun. And, and what, why do I keep saying that? Right. What, what, what do I mean by all that? What I mean is there's so much nonsense that we put up with and tolerate and maybe don't even know, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, I've learned a lot over the years. I'm still learning, right. Rookie for life. I'm always trying new things and learning. But there's so much nonsense out there and, and and it's it's just it's super frustrating and we don't need to tolerate it. It's our business and it is a business. We're not just doing it for fun. Um, we're not just doing it because we were desperate or because we needed to, you know to pay our bills. I mean yes, those are all factors. Yes, it is fun for me and other people. Yes, I do need to pay my bills and it's helping me pay my bills. Yes, this that, and the other thing. but that doesn't mean we can be used and abused. Like weekly accounts versus bi weekly accounts or 10 day mowing accounts. I had a whole episode about this a few episodes ago. You can go check back, scroll down, and and see that all the differences. But like, I want weekly accounts because I want to enjoy mowing nice, well manicured lawns, right? I live in an area where I can do that. I don't live in an area, a rural area where I have no choice, you know, but to mow acres bi weekly. That's fine. Uh, but that's not where I live and that's not what I enjoy either. So that all works out, right? For me, fortunately, it works out that I live where I want to work. So, I you know, I, I live in the neighborhoods, around the neighborhoods where I want to work in with the type of lawns that I enjoy mowing, striping, nice green, thick, lush uh, grass. That's just, that. that's how I was as a homeowner. That's how I made my lawn and that's the lawns that I want to take care of. I feel like I can live vicariously through every single lawn that I take care of. Um, But I can only do that weekly, right? Like you can't make biweekly lawns look like that. So I just don't even bother with biweekly or any of these other things, you know, people try and I still, some still squeak in here and there. I'm not not talking about like it's super hot and dry in the summer and you have to skip a yard or something. That's, that's, that's just part of the business. I get that. You don't want to damage the, you know, the grass. You don't want to break all the grass blades running them over when they're dry and crispy and brittle and stuff like, you know, obviously that's, that's part of the territory. You, you don't want to do that, but I'm just talking about people that like just sign up for biweekly because they're cheap, you know, or, 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 or they just have a bunch of weeds and, and it only grows, you know, so or every so often it doesn't really grow weekly. I mean, they've got patches of weeds that grow faster than others throughout the yard, but I mean, it's not like the whole thing grows every week necessarily. Uh, so I mean, those are just the people that I try to stay away from because it's not satisfying for me. Maybe it's satisfying for you and other things are. And that's the point of this episode is for you to figure out what's good for you and stick to it. Don't let the the customers dictate. That's that's another thing on my list. Don't let people dictate your schedule or dictate the, the, uh, the services that you offer, how you offer them. You know what I mean? Like don't let people, in a, in a way you can have a lot of little bosses. Some of you or a lot of you may have left corporate America or some other job or career to get away from h- horrible bosses, right? And being bossed around and micromanaged or whatever, poor leaders. You want to just do it yourself, even if you're all by yourself and you don't have employees, you don't ever intend on having employees, you, implant, you intend on being a solar solo owner-operator forever, it's perfectly fine, and be your own boss, but all these clients can be little bosses and it can be super stressful if you allow it to go on that way. So you want to make sure that you are putting your foot down and you're not just doing whatever they want you to do. You know, don't let them dictate your schedule and, you know, like, Hey, can you come tomorrow? Hey, can you come at this time? I prefer if you do this, I prefer you do that. Like, you know, Oh, we're having company tomorrow. Do you think you can come a day early? Like, why didn't you tell us this ahead of time? Or why do you think that, that that's a thing? You know, I mean, obviously you there's some one-off situations, right? Hey, my, my daughter's graduating. We want to have a party on Wednesday. And I know you normally come on Thursdays. Is there a way that you can, you know, come on Tuesday or come Friday prior instead of Thursday, just so that there's, you know, one more day less that it's growing by Wednesday, the grass grows Wednesday or whatever, you know? And, you know, some people understand if you explain to them, like, well, you know, we're in your neighborhood every Thursday, not every Tuesday or Friday or whatever. I I I just can't afford to drive out there just for your one yard because of some scheduling change on on your part. You know, like sometimes you can make exceptions, obviously it's your business to whatever, but I just mean ultimately don't let people that are just whatever their reason, they're just lazy or they just don't they just, they just want to be, there's a lot of bossy people out there, right? They just want to boss everyone around. They just want to micromanage everyone in their life and everyone's life. So don't let them do that to you. Don't let them micromanage your life and your business. Uh, And you have a whole bunch of little horrible bosses, Um, you know, make your own schedule, stick to your schedule, communicate your schedule. Um, Don't let employees, mess up your schedule. So if you have employees or thinking about having employees, grow a team, don't have employees, have team members. They're all, we're all on the same side. We're all playing the same game. We're all trying to win. You know, we're all trying to accomplish the same goal. We're a team, uh, try to have that culture and that mentality and find people that fit those roles instead of employees that, Called out all the time and messes up your schedule. Now you can't get everything done on that you had planned. Now you have to send an email. You have to communicate to your, to the the clients that you were supposed to be there, you know, Hey, we'll be there tomorrow. Sorry. You know, you can tell them it's up to you if you want to tell them, you know, I had staffing issues or, or, or equipment breakdown, whatever, like that's up to you. But you know, the point is that that they are now messing up your schedule, you know, or, Hey, I, I you know, employees, Hey, I, I, I don't want to work on Tuesdays. You know, I want to work on this day or, Hey, can we, man, let me think of all the random things that people, you know, Hey, I know we get paid biweekly, but can we get paid weekly? No, now I'm not trying to be a jerk. Like I get it. Like, you know, I get there's pros and cons to both weekly and bi-weekly. I'm not going to even go down those rabbit holes on this episode. My point is I can listen, You can listen to suggestions from folks that are, you know, your employees uh, or your team. You know that that is maybe. Hey, you know, a lot of places pay weekly. Is it? Is that something that you think you can look into? It'd be really helpful. Whatever they go into the whole thing about it, and maybe you can look into it. But at the end of the day, it's your decision. Biweekly or weekly, you're the one processing payroll, or it's your company or whatever. And it is what it is like. At the end of the day, they're still getting paid. It's not like they're not getting paid uh, for two. They're just getting paid more. They're getting two weeks' worth of a paycheck at once. So they just need to learn how to budget their money instead of blowing it all in one shot. That's the thing. They want to get paid weekly because they're living from paycheck to paycheck. But if they just budget, they're still getting paid the same amount of money every month, every two weeks. It's just not coming every week. It's, It's coming in bigger clumps. So you just need to budget, you know, and sometimes it's hard for you to explain that to them and it's hard for them to even grasp that concept. But at the end of the day, it's your decision. Don't feel pressured or bullied. Like, you know, you're desperate for people. You're desperate for help. Me too. I get it. We all are. So you don't want to be a jerk. You want to listen. You want to treat your, your people, you know, well, you want to build a, a good team, but don't bend over backwards. Don't do things that you, No, are not things that you should be doing or don't want to do. You know, hey, can you lend me some money? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, um, cash app you. I was trying to think of the new lingo. I'll cash app you. You know, like what? You know, what? On Friday when I get paid, I'll cash app you. Can you can you loan me like fifty bucks? I really need to get gas or something. Like again, you start going down that path, it's hard to get to get off that path. You know, like hey, I can give you an advance of your paycheck if you want, that's a thing, you know, um, that's it. Like, you know, you don't have to pay anything back. You're just going to get less. You're going to get some of your paycheck now so that when you get your paycheck, it's going to be less, you know what I mean? Uh, Like that's just the way it is. So there, there are options, there are ways around it. Um, but it's, it's just about, again, being the owner and not allowing your employees or your customers to treat you, you know, the way that they however, however they want to treat you. Um, another example of employees, like, you know, kind of messing with you and and whatever is they pick the type of equipment or, or, or you feel more obligated to pick type of equipment for them. I've had, I've been guilty of this myself back in the day, you know, like, oh, they really like this trimmer over that trimmer. Let me get a, let let me just, you know, replace all these trimmers with this trimmer. Or, you know, they really like sit down zero turns versus stand on zero turns. But if stand on stand on mowers are more efficient and you're going to fit better on your trailer and they do less damage or can get, you know, mow more lawns and so on than a sit down zero turn, then why are you going to just. Why are you going to buy sit-down zero turns for employees that will most likely not even be with your business for very long? And now you're stuck with stuff that you catered for these random employees and are not even like real members of your team or anything. You build a team, one goal, one mission, everyone's on board. Yes, everyone has, should have suggestions and opinions and uh, thoughts and ideas, frustrations maybe sometimes that so you can work through, challenges but at the end of the day, everyone has the same goal. It's not about them. It's not about, well, I'd rather just be standing on a mower all day, or I'd rather just be sitting on a mower all day, or I'd rather, you know, I don't like having the guards on the trimmers. We just need to take them off, or I'm not going to be able to trim properly, or I don't want to trim at all. Like, don't let these people boss you around. Like, no, like your team is your team, but build a team and they're not going to act that way. They're not going to treat you that way. Hey friends, Mr. Producer here, and I've been listening to Naylor Emphasize Route Density on his podcast for over a year now, and I've encouraged him to take all this material and create a masterclass to put all of his knowledge in one place and share it with you. This is going to be a live 3-week course. Nothing's pre-recorded. You'll have access to group live streams and one-on-ones with Naylor. Every session ends with action steps that you can implement right away in your business. Plus, you'll get a copy of the session recordings emailed to you. Hey, if you want to learn how to make $1,000 all the way up to $3,000 a day in lawn maintenance through route density, then you need to click the link in the episode description. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Welcome to Toro Tuesday. This week, I want to talk about the multi-force leaf plow attachment. So this is literally a plow but it's for leaves so again as always if you want the visuals go ahead and click the link in the episode description to take you to toro.com and you can uh, it'll take you right to there to the page for the leaf plow and you can check that out uh, and see what it looks like but basically it looks like a giant snow plow uh, with two wheels on the bottom and kind of like like, like a rake all the way along the bottom, you know, like the, it's all aluminum. And it's it. so the the rake is kind of like, like um, you know, like tines. It, it, it literally looks like a, a giant rake, which helps you scoop up any debris and leaves uh, for you to push big piles of debris and leaves where the blowers uh, may be, you know, as you know, if, if you've done leaf removal before, and as you start blowing, you know, all the leaves out of, the nooks and crannies, mulch beds across the lawn, and you're clearing it all off, eventually you accumulate such a a big enough pile that it's hard for you to move it, even with the most powerful backpack blowers. So it's it's a lot easier... uh, for you to get the leaf plow and then you can just push the piles wherever you need to go to the curb to suck it up with a leaf vac or into the woods. If there's some natural areas that you're going to, um, and, and so that, that, that's really beneficial for that. Uh, it does have a lot of like holes, you know, it's kind of, almost looks like, like, um, like mesh to a certain extent all the way around, uh, the whole, the whole thing so that it kind of gives you that airflow. Uh, but basically it's just meant for easily moving wet leaves, debris, just big massive piles of stuff from one place to another without damaging the turf. Because like I said, at the, uh, at the, on the bottom, it's just like a rake. So you're just kind of like combing through the, the, the turf as you're moving along, um, the piles of leaves and debris and it easily attaches, to the multi-force, uh, the hitch attach, hitch receiver, it easily attaches there. You can fold it up so that you can easily store it on trailers and, and so on. Um, and it's it's heavy duty. You know, I, I misspoke. It's not aluminum. It's it's steel, galvanized steel, and it's just built to last. And basically, if you think about any leaf removal jobs that you've done in the past, another example. Uh, where you would normally be tarping large piles of leaves, right? Because you get to that point where you've got these big piles of leaves and debris and you really can't move it anymore with backpack blowers. Like I said, what do you do a lot of times? You you either blow those piles onto a tarp or rake it onto a tarp and then you drag the tarp wherever you got to go. Again, to the curb, to suck it up or up in your trailer or truck bed or into the woods. Either way, you know, that's, drag, that's tarping and dragging, and it takes longer and more energy. So using a leaf plow eliminates the, the need to do that. You can just push those piles instead. So again, for all the full details and the visuals, since this is all audio, check out the link in the episode description for Toro.com. <laughs> the same thing with g- building clients, finding clients, creating clients, instead of having a bunch of customers, if you have loyal clients that are relational, not transactional like customers, all, all customers care about is one-time purchases or every so often purchases. They're not invested in you and your business and what problems you may or may not have, what may or may not excite you or you know get you motivated. They don't care about any of that. They just want you to come clean up their mess or whatever their, their issue is. And that's fine. But you're going to have more problems with those people. Those are the first people that are going to walk out and kick over some grass. Be like, oh, It looks like you missed a spot here. Look at this little clump of grass here that was pressed down by the mower tire. And if I walk all the way over here and kick it up my foot, look at it. It's like, it's like five feet tall. Look at that thing. Oh my gosh. You know, like, wow, I don't think you did your job. It's like, those are the people that you don't want to be dealing with. You don't need those people because when you have your loyal clients that grow a relationship with you. They know about your family. Maybe you know about their family, maybe, you know, or they're just nice and they say, Hey, how are you? You know, it's hot. You guys have something to drink. You want something cold. I've got ice pops. You know, if you want some like, you know, like whatever, like just nice people, just those are clients, people that aren't going to give you a hard time. If you're running late, um, you know, if you're a day behind and it doesn't have anything to do with rain or whatever, you know what I mean? Like you make a mistake. And, you know, you fix it and they're like, oh, oh, no, no big deal. You know, you, you miss something. They're not going to come out there with a magnifying glass to look for that one blade of grass that that somehow blew back onto the driveway or the sidewalk or something like they're not going to do that. Typically, if you find a bunch of the right clients, they're just nice people that value. You need to find people that are driven by value, value appreciating clients, those are the ones that you want more middle-class folks that appreciate the dollar. I once heard a while back, like from like, uh, like servers, you know, and restaurants and so on, I believe is what it was. Um, that the middle-class customers were their best customers. Cause they tipped the most versus, you know, the, uh, people in poverty, you know, like low income folks are typically not going to tip very well because they don't have much money at all to tip. But then the people that are really wealthy, upper class, are cheap and stingy, and they don't tip as well a lot either. The people that consistently tip the most, according to wherever or whatever I heard, wherever I heard it, is middle class, because they appreciate the value of the dollar, because they work hard to earn their money, and they know that you're working hard to earn your money. And they appreciate that and they value that as long as you're doing a good job, right? Don't screw them. Don't, don't, you know, don't try to get over on them, cut corners and still bill them the same and all that nonsense. Don't do that. Then they'll get really upset because I'm over They're over. they're busting their butt coming home at the end of the day, expect you to have done your job. And if you didn't, and then you said you did on top of it, or you damaged something and then you act like you didn't do it, you know, that's what them ring doorbells are for, man. Gotcha. You know, so that's, that, that's a, a way to go the opposite there, but you do a good job. They appreciate it because they're trying to do a good job to earn money for their family. So middle class is typically, you know, the, the, the best clients all the way around. I, I would imagine I've had that experience as well. I have, you know, I have, I'm, there's a lot of, uh, one of the neighborhoods that we're in has a lot of affluent folks, a lot of nice houses, million dollar homes. Some of them are really uptight folks, right? But not all of them, not a lot of them, actually. Surprisingly, there's a lot of, you know, CEOs and, you know, VPs of, of their own business, of uh, big businesses or CEOs of their own business or other businesses. And they're great people, super understanding, always coming out or always, you know, Chatting if they're walking the dog, you know, they just happen to be coming and going while you're out there, or whatever, waving, you know, that that's who you want, you know, and, and, and uh, it's just more of a personality trait that you want to surround yourself with. And you can't really define that by where they live and how much money they make, because, again, some of the wealthiest people are the most uptight, cheap, micromanaging, you know, getting out there, kicking over the grass people. But also the other people, you know, the, the broke ass mentality people, the uh, poverty poverty mindset people, the low income people, a lot of times are like that for a reason because they can't get out of, out of their own way. I, you know, I'm sorry, I don't want to be mean, but there's a lot of folks that cheat the system and they would just rather be a victim or rather just, uh, you know blame everybody else than put in some hard work. Um, and, and, you know, then, then they're going to give other people a hard time that are working hard, you know, like, don't, you know, you got your yard is like, you know, this is in the past, like early days, man, I had to deal with this all the time. Like your yard is filled with weeds and you're over here asking me if I clean my deck before I come on your yard. Are you kidding me? No, I clean my deck after I leave your yard because of your yard. I don't want to bring all your nastiness Onto the rest of my, you know, list for the day with nice yards. And you're over here. Do you clean under your deck? Are you, cr- are you crazy? <laughs> you must be on something, man. Those are the crazy people that you want to stay away from. Cause they are stressful. I remember this one lady would just, I would have to ring the bell when I was done hacking her weeds down every two weeks. And she would, and, and meanwhile, both of her neighbors on either side had nice plush, you know, carpet lawns. One of the neighbors like flagged me down like the first or second time that I was mowing. She was like, Hey, I'm so glad she found someone. You seem like such a nice guy. I hope you stick around, but can you do me a favor and not point your shoe anywhere near my, my grass? Cause I work really hard. I spend a lot of money to get my grass to look this nice and I don't want any of their weeds blowing in my lawn. I'm like, okay, yep. Gotcha. Which I wasn't blowing anything in her lawn anyway, but she's probably just being super proactive. (laughs) But So that, you know, so like, it's not like I say all that to say that we weren't in like some neighborhood where it's more rural and there's just, you know, typically weeds grow a lot easier than, than grass, you know, a lot of trees, things like that. No, this was just a nice cookie cutter neighborhood where this person had no business having a yard like that, except just not caring and being neglectful. And all she cared about was, the fact that it had to be mowed, otherwise she get a letter from the HOA and get fines and all that stuff, and she wasn't gonna mow it, and I guess no one else in their family was gonna mow it, so it had to be mowed. So that was me, the sucker, every two weeks hacking down her weeds. You know, the new guy, you know, first or second year in business, um, and ringing the bell so she can come out and with her check in, with my check in her hand, standing there looking around looking at the lawn wait did you miss a spot over here trots down the stairs walks over looks at some nonsense like oh oh okay no i th- i thought that was that was something else and you know whatever nonsense you know <laughs> i'm like oh man just give me my check lady so i can get out of here and then eventually when she was 100% satisfied and soaked up like killed another 5 to 8 minutes of my time that i was not getting paid for could have been already at the next lawn or driving to it. Then she gives me the check. Like I don't. I I stopped having those people in my life. Like those are not people that appreciate value. Those are low budget, poverty mindseted. You know, low low income thinking people. Or, or she could have been. You know, well off. But again, same same mentality. Like cheapskate, micromanaging, wanting to just be that kind of person wanting to be a Karen or a Kevin, you know, or a Randy. Um, and it's, that's just super annoying. So I'm not in business for those people at all. I don't think you should be either. Um, so anyway, that's that, th- those are just, uh, those are just a bunch of things that kind of like, as you can probably tell, um, some, uh, thorns in my side or some, some triggers. There you go. Those are some triggers for me over the years, man. I've endured a lot. You know, and I came from retail where I had to just smile, smile and wave, boys. Another uh, little reference there for those of you um, animated movie, kids movie fans. But uh, I had to just, you know, deal with people treating me like garbage as a manager, employees sometimes, but mainly customers just screaming at me, call me all kinds of names or whatever, you know, when they put, when they cross the line, I would just be like, all right, you need to leave, you know, and I would get security if I needed to. Cause sometimes people would get all crazy, but you know, ultimately at the end of the day, my, my point is it wasn't my business. I, I was just managing some other massive company's business. You know, there, that one store that I was at and I had to always have my best face on and be nice. I'm so sorry and we'll do better and you know, whatever, whatever. And <laughs> you know, I just, I got used and abused constantly by people. They, some people just loved to treat you like garbage, you know, and, and I, after doing that for 15 years, it really wears on you. So that was part of my downfall as well, of just not being, not being in it to win it anymore with retail management. You know, I just had no quality of life. I felt like I never really saw my family as much as I wanted to. And when I did, there wasn't the best quality there because I was always tired and depressed and dreading the next day that I had to go to work and, you know, sometimes getting texts or phone calls from, from work, you know, from another supervisor, like, Hey, what did you do with blah, blah, blah. Or, Hey, you know, th- that customer came back in, what did you tell her to do? Or someone's freaking out. What am I supposed to do? Or my boss, you know, complaining about something you didn't do blah, 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 or you should have never left until you finished blankety blank. And I'm like, you know what? F you, bruh. But anyway, woo, we're going off the rails here on this episode. I'm feeling a certain kind of way. I told you this has been all like eight years worth of stuff here, but I'm just keeping it real, super real on this on this episode here. Um, <laughs> rookie unfiltered, right? LCR unfiltered here. But anyway, just don't, you know, it's your business. And so coming into this business, I was not starting my business. I was not trying to be a used and abused by people. But at the same time I had to dial it back because immediately I was like an attack dog with these people. Cause I was so scarred from, you know, all the retail days and all and everything. And I had to dial it back and realize that, well, one, you know, it's still my, it is, it's my business. So I want to put my, uh, my best foot forward. You know, I, I, I want to have a good reputation, you know, like a you know, my, my business name's on the truck and all this stuff, you know, I've got, you know, my logo shirt, like I'm not going to cut people. Well, I would never cut people off, but I mean, like, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to give anyone a a mean look or a dirty look when they, when they cut me off or they drive me, drive by, you know, speed by or flip me off or whatever. I'm not going to, you know, flip them back off or something, you know, like I always had to have my, my owner cap on, right? Like, okay. I need to be on my best behavior, stay professional as much as possible, even though someone's being crazy. And, and when and, and in those cases with customers or whatever, being rude and disrespectful, I would still have to try and handle it as professionally as possible. Sometimes I would, you know, my responses, my knee-jerk responses to emails or texts or sometimes confrontations in person didn't go so well because like I said, I was scarred, you know, and I was just really not trying to have it. So I had to dial that back a little bit and start to become more professional in those scenarios. You know, I was naturally de-stressing anyway and kind of healing myself because I was my own boss. I was an owner operator, mowing lawns and doing all the other services that I was offering over the years by myself, you know, for the first four years, trying to grow my business behind the scenes to get ready to have employees and grow some more and so on. Uh, just to get a nice, sizable, self-sustaining you know, business that didn't require me to be doing all the work all the time. Um, and I can, again, spend more time with my family and do other things and have more quality of life while still having a source of income, you know, um, and providing that for other folks, for the rest of my team uh, in the business. So, you know, that uh, I, I just really had to uh, be intentional with, you know, how I spoke to people and how I dealt with things. But like I said, I was naturally starting to get a little more relaxed and de-stressed, but then also being more conscious of how I reacted to some of these people and their ridiculousness. So, uh, you know, just at the end of the day, it is still, it was, it is still was, and still is my business. So I could say and do whatever I want, but I, you know, I need to, I want to stay in business. Right. So, um, remember that (laughs) above everything else. But I mean, pricing is another thing that I'm just, just thinking about. That's another thing that you don't want people. Obviously they try to dictate that, you know, let's make a deal and all this stuff. Like, you know, you tell them a price for something, which is probably low anyway, if you're doing it on, on the, on the fly, you know, how many people, how many times do people drive up to you or walk up to you? How much do you charge? It's like, Keep it moving. If that's the first thing out of your mouth, I don't even want to talk to you. You know, my ideal clients never come to me that way. Their first question is not "How much do you charge?" Ever. The only people that say that in my world, in my in my business, in my area, are the people that I don't want. The people that are going to hold on to the check while they're looking around their their lawn, making you know, looking for any little thing, you know, wasting my time before they pay me those are the people that are like, how much do you charge? I don't want nothing to do with those people. So, but you know, that might just be me. I'm just telling you from my experiences. Um, so you know, you know, I, I just, I avoid those people, you know, at, at all costs, like pricing, all that stuff. Like the, the price is what the price is, you know, like, like I said, your, your price is probably too low anyway, if you're just throwing it out there when they come up to you and say, how much do you charge? And you're just trying to come up with it. You know, it's probably a good general average, but it should probably should be more anyway. And then they try to haggle you down, you know? And it's like, what the heck? Like, no, it's your business. It's your prices. I mean, it is what it is, right? One quick example of how this still happens to me a few years ago in one of the prominent neighborhoods that we're in, the wealthy, the wealthiest of the neighborhoods that we're in, million dollar homes, you know, dentists, eye doctors, whatever, you know, and their wife is like, you know, a real cheapskate and a pain in the neck, you know, she's basically a Karen and she's over here. She's, she's a PETA is what she is. She's a real pain in the ass, uh, a PETA customer. Uh, She was. And, you know, at one point she asked me if I could just push mow her whole yard because for whatever reason, she just liked that look over, you know, the big commercial mower. It's not like we were tearing up her yard or anything like that. I don't even know what, or even care to even go into what her mindset was on that nonsense. Just the point is we had to start push mowing her backyard because it was all muddy in the middle until she like put in some French drain or something that was supposedly in the works. So it was just a temporary thing that we were using the 30 inch mower on a pretty small, you know, it was long, but narrow you know, stretch of grass in the backyard, you know, it took what, I don't know, 20 passes or something, just back and forth, back and forth, knock it out. And she thought, well, geez, if you can do that, why can't you do the whole yard like that? I'm like, well, sure we could do the whole yard like that. I don't want to do the whole yard like that. It's not necessary to do the whole yard like that. Your front yard is a lot bigger than your backyard. So it's going to take a lot longer to use a, a smaller mower for it. We're supposed to use the biggest mower that we can for your property or the sections of your property without damaging the property. That's going to, it's going to make it look good. And it's going to be fast and efficient for us because time is money. That's how it goes with maintenance. You're not going to pay me a hundred bucks to push mow your lawn. So just stop, you know, like pay me the 50 bucks and I'm a, I'm gonna knock it out nice and fast and efficient. And it's going to look good with the big mower. So there's no need to, to push mow your whole yard. We're only doing the backyard temporarily, but if you really, 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 really insist on us using a smaller mower for your entire yard, well, I'm just going to have to go up on, on your price. So she didn't like any of that. And then she, uh, came back, emailed me later with a quote saying that she got uh, a quote from somebody else that would do it. Um, or no no no, I'm sorry, timeout. I said I would permanently like I would regularly push mow the back. I said I would, I'll keep I would continue to push mow the back because, you know, until you get it all fixed or whatever. Um, or if you just want us to do that permanently anyway cuz you just like how that looks, the back is small enough, we can do that, but I will have to increase your price to be able to push mow the back permanently. Like we were just doing it like I said temporarily without charging her extra. You know, it was like an extra five minutes, maybe uh, five or six minutes of us to push mow that someone to go do that in the back, which is annoying. And that's time is money, of course, but it was temporary. And I just figured it would be over sooner, sooner or later, but she wanted us to do it regularly. If she, that's what she wanted, then we had to raise the price. So not for the whole thing. I was like, no, no, we're not push mowing the whole thing. That's the whole thing I said before. It's not necessary, blah, blah, blah. So it was just the back that I said we would push mow but I would have to charge you more. She didn't like that. She came back with a quote. She she didn't give me the quote. She said that she got a quote from someone else that would push mow the entire thing. I say push mow, but you know, use a 30 inch mower for her entire yard for less, less than what I was already charging her to use the big mowers. I'm like, what? So she asked me you know, I mean, nice enough, right? She didn't. Just, she wasn't like. Uh, uh, she didn't just lead with. I say nice enough, but whatever. I mean, she didn't lead. I don't know if this is nice enough, right? Or, or if I even want to say that about this person, but she could have just said, "Hey, we're gonna cancel your. Uh, we're gonna. We're we're going in a different direction, right? We decided to change services, or we no longer need your services. or We're canceling services, right? All the different scenarios, all the different types of ways of people saying that they're canceling you. You know, and and not even tell you why, or she could have said, you know, I found somebody I found somebody else that's gonna push mow the whole yard for less than what you're charging um for for you know currently, which was using the bigger mowers. Um but instead of canceling, she asked if we could match that. And I was like, Okay, um no. I'm not sure what this person's business model is and how they're able to be profitable. And use a 30 inch mower on your entire yard and charge you less than what I'm charging you, which, quite frankly, I should probably be charging you more, uh, right? Because we're always charging less and we should always, than what we should, and we always should be raising our prices, right? We talk about that all the time. And you want me to go lower and do more work. That makes a whole lot of sense. So I was like, no, I'm, I'm sorry, that can't happen you know, I basically said what I just said, but in a more professional way. I I I said like I'm not sure what hit, what this what that company's business model is and how they're being profitable with that, but I can't be my business cannot be profitable doing that at that price. So I'm I'm not gonna be able to do that. I'm sorry I can't do that. And she just responded, I'm sorry too, you know. Good luck to you or something. Bye or whatever, you know, like but that that's just one one of so many examples. I don't want to go down a million rabbit holes on this episode. That's just one pretty good example of somebody that tried to regulate things. And had it been years prior, had I been solo, got my belt drive, walked behind Toro mower, just huffing it around, just doing whatever, just trying trying to make some money, trying to pay the bills, you know, I might have just been like, okay. And just, you know, got my, I didn't have no 30 inch mower back then, get my 22 inch Husqvarna mower out and just sweating my butt off, you know, double the time for less money, push mowing this woman's yard in, in like a million dollar neighborhood. Like what, what the heck would I look like? You know, I I don't know. I don't, it is what it is to the people that are doing it, you know, and I've seen them because, uh. I'm still in her neighborhood with all the other people that that are not like her that <clears throat> were mowing their yard perfectly fine and they think everything's fantastic. Um so but I I I every occasionally we have been there at the same time and I see the people there and I just shake my head because I hesitate having this conversation on another, on, on, on a separate episode, on a you know, dedicated episode. I've thought about it because I kind of feel like the fate of our industry or the fate of lawn maintenance is in the hands of this topic and this situation. But I'll just leave it at that. Um, I'll leave that part at that. Uh, I just, I just shake my head because it's like, man, these guys are just going to, they're they're gonna kill the industry. We're never gonna grow, we're never gonna get better, we're never gonna be able to charge more. This is why a forty dollar yard, right? Um Troy Clogg, right? Is that who it was up in, in Michigan? Um Brian Fullerton and, and Paul Jameson interviewed him um separately on their podcasts and YouTube videos and whatnot, and he said and they've quoted him saying this and he said it as well. Um a forty dollar yard today was a $40 yard back in the eighties or what nineties, whenever it was is still a 40 yard lawn today. Uh, it's still a $40 yard today. Like what, what sense does that make? But meanwhile, pickup trucks back, you know, in the eighties is a heck of a lot more expensive now, the same truck, right? So everything else has gone up in price, everything, milk, eggs, whatever, whatever, Everything has gone up except our prices. What sense does that make? That literally makes no sense, that people have to pay more for everything else that they do. I'm not even talking about right now in 2022 and all this inflation, and all the craziness going on with COVID and our economy now and blah, 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 and who's the president who's not, and all this garbage that everybody talks about instead of just focusing on their own problems and, and dealing with overcoming them in their own business and all that. And they're not even raising their prices, complaining about the president and and who isn't who isn't and and gas and and you know they don't even have nothing to do with the dang gas. Oh, it's an election. That's why this and that. Oh yeah, ho ho. ho. Like who who even cares? <laughs> oh man, I digress here. Anyway, you're not even raising your own freaking prices. Like come on, get it together. Like the president has nothing to you know this president or that president has nothing to do with your freaking prices. <laughs> Raise your prices, man. Grow a pair. Anyway, this 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 is quite the episode. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I'm gonna get some feedback on this one. Anywho, um, just <laughs> raise raise your prices because we're never we're never gonna get anywhere as an industry if guys are out there charging forty bucks push mowing lawns. Like we shouldn't be charging forty bucks zero turn mowing lawns. Like come on. Anyway. I think I'm going to end this episode on that note. Woo! Good times. PSA, public service announcement. LCR needs a needs needs a um a cold drink or something, I don't know. Uh Anyway, um I just been whole, I've been thinking about that for some time now. So it it is what it is. I, I just, you know, we're never going to change until we change. So I'm just trying to spit some stuff out there for you guys in the best way that I can. Um, sometimes, you know, truth hurts. It is what it is, but, uh, hopefully you found some value in that stuff that I, that I said, and just, you know, don't remember you're, you might be doing this for, you might, hopefully you enjoy what you're doing, but that can quickly change. When you let all these things that I, that I just rattled off and then some start controlling your life and your business and everything else. And then it's not going to be fun anymore. And you're going to be right back to wherever the heck you were before you started this business, potentially, you know, miserable or whatever. So, you know, try something new, make some changes. It ain't all that bad. You're in more control than you think you are, um, You can't control the rain, obviously, you know, there's things that you can't control. That stuff is super frustrating, but it it is what it is. Mother Nature, it's weather, you know, but control what you can control and don't stress out about the rest, Um, or at least try not to. Uh, Life is too, can, life is too fragile. That's the, another episode that I was thinking about making. Anyway, life is too fragile to be worrying about stressing out so much on so many things. So. All right, guys, I'm starting to ramble now, going down all kinds of other rabbit holes that I wasn't intending. So let's wrap it up here at the 40-something minute mark. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. Hopefully this one didn't go too off the rails for him here. Um, but I appreciate you guys listening. Always trying to keep it real, keep it honest, and give you guys value. So till the next time, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.